What's up, everyone? Welcome to Around the ACL. Michelle Thompson here with Trevor and Anthony Ione coming from a little bit of a different location. It's kind of ironic because our open event is going to be in San Diego, California this coming weekend. I live in California and it is chaos over here. We've got storms, winds. I got no power. I haven't had power since yesterday morning. Um, and uh, it's kind of crazy. So just kind of hanging in there. The good news is Northern California and Southern California are basically two different states. So what's happening to us here in Northern California, probably not occurring down in San Diego area. So you guys, it should be beautiful there. Uh, I'm looking forward to going. Uh, me and Corey are going to run that live stream court for you. Um, so excited to get uh, down to the bottom of California later this week. Trey? Mish, did you say something? I didn't. I didn't hear anything you said. That was evil. So mean. You guys wouldn't have sat there and stared at me not talking for that long. Yeah, Misha's freaking out. She doesn't have power. She's like running off of a hot spot. So I had to mess with her a little bit. Oh, that was great. That was great. Yeah, the good news is Southern California is is Southern California where it rains yeah. like once a year and then it's just like a light yeah. drizzle. So apparently Northern California, I just hear of the nightmares of weather that comes from, from, from Mish about Northern California. I was like, I don't, I, poster child for anti Northern California right here, folks. So never <laughs> will not be moving there ever. Not it's also because there. like, we're not used to weather, you know what I mean? Like we're used to rain. We get a lot of rain here, but like extreme things don't really occur. And so we're not like prepared for it. Like, like the whole town is down. So randomly as I was driving Rome to school, cause somehow Rome school has power. It's like the one block that has power. So he, he got to go to school today, but like driving down the street, it was like a block of no power, a block of power, two blocks of no power. Like it just doesn't make any sense. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> But yeah, it's brutal. so Rome went to school today. He didn't get he didn't get that uh, lucky get out of school card. However, uh, if anybody has a an eight year old at home with no Wi Fi, um, I promise it's not pleasant. So I'd rather him <laughs> not be here. <laughs> and he like, doesn't understand no electricity. Like he'll be like, "Mommy, such and such isn't working." I'm like, "Because it takes electricity." Like, Why can't this work? Because it takes Wi Fi. Like there's just like no concept. Yeah. First world problems. First world problems. <laughs> So anyways, here we are. But San Diego is going to be awesome. Uh, got to take a peek at the registration list. And I was also watching the uh, regional that happened in uh, Sacramento this past weekend just to kind of see, you know, who's hot right now. So um, I'm going to get to more of that when we do the hot takes at the end. But uh, Trey, what are your thoughts about the Open in San Diego? Yeah, so this is intriguing for a number of different reasons um, for me. One, you're in California. So when you're in California, we always talk about how like Cornhole for years and years has had this really strong presence of players and a lot of stacked talent on the East Coast, right? And, you know, we, we've talked about over the years, like the different, you know, hubs of talent on the West Coast and who's going to deliver and everything. But having said that, it takes a lot for people on the East Coast to get to the West Coast. It's a big travel. So in general, sometimes I expect the uh, registration for a West Coast event to not have as many of these top tier pros. Not really the case. There's actually a good number of top level pro players going there this weekend. So 
I don't know if it's because it's San Diego, which is awesome. It's still on my bucket list. This I've, I've, of all the cities I've been to across the country, San Diego is one that I have not. So I'm kind of bummed. I'm not. You haven't go. been to San Diego. That's no, shocking. I've been to like, I've been to like 39, 40 states or whatever, and pretty much every every major city I've been to, the three biggest cities I have not been to are Minneapolis, which I will go to this year, Denver, which I will go to this year, and San Diego. So, okay. um, bummer. But anyway, so it's San Diego, which is nice. Now, for those cornhole historians out there, this is also the same location, the same event and open in, in in San Diego that we had a couple years ago that was the legendary game of the year that people called it between Trey Birchfield and Josh Holland. Yeah, yeah. You guys remember that, but it oh, was yeah. that epic 40 round battle. It was big shot after big shot. That was eventually the year that Trey Birchfield went on to win the world championship. It was that epic battle between him and Josh Holland. So you know, I just kind of reminisce. You guys know me. I love my cornhole history. So I just think back to that and I reminisce kind of where we've come from. And now we're getting to go back there. It's really cool. But I think it's also sets it up where, hey, do we have something of the same caliber? Can we get that same type of magic that that gives us a, a final just like that one did for the ages that people will remember for years to come, because people still talk about that game. We talk about big time, big matches, game of the year, shot of the year, that kind of thing. Every time we put out a post like that, someone's always commenting, oh, what about Holland Birchfield back in 2021? So three years ago, we get uh, three years later, we get to go back in that spot. So there's my big picture take. Now, diving more into it and looking at the registration list, like I said, there's some really, really top level names here of people that are going to be there. I see Tony Smith on this list. Tony Smith, um, you know, we know how good he's been. He's not going to be playing with Mark Richards, but he is going to be playing in singles. This is someone that I expect to to perform at a really high level. I mean, look, he's the, the reigning MVP. Could this be his first win of the season in singles uh, here at the Open event to get him going. We're going to see people like Ryan Wiedenfeld and Ryan Smith. They're going to be playing together. Actually, there's four Ryans over two teams that I'm really excited <laughs> Ryan Wiedenfeld, Ryan Smith, Ryan Windsor, and Ryan Trader. Yes. Ryans, right? I actually, I think, now that I'm thinking about it, that should have been one of the buyer sells. A Ryan will win. Uh, <laughs> but, um, it wouldn't shock me if you take a buy there. If you get Ryan Windsor and Ryan Trader playing together, Ryan Smith and Ryan Wiedenfeld, and then all four of those as individual singles players, if you say buy or sell, one of those is going to take one of those, it wouldn't shock me if someone took a buy on those, right? I, I'm, uh, I'd have to think more about it. But, I mean, honestly, there's four great players that I'm really interested to see. Can Ryan uh, Trader continue? Can he get that third open? We talk about all those yeah. all different years where the third open – puts you in that different tier, puts you in that status that only one or two, only two people have ever done in a single season. And that, that really gets, you know, uh, in front of everybody across the country that's watching Cornhole. So excited to watch them. Um, I also think it's a really, really good opportunity for Justin Burton Jr. and Logan Chamberlain for a couple different reasons. One, 
for whatever reason, them as a doubles team has started to fade off of our radar just a little bit, right? And I think part of that is because Justin Burton Jr. has kind of faded just a tad, right? We didn't have him in our top 10. I think previously we're talking about singles power rankings again today. I'll spoiler alert. I don't have him in my top 10 um, in this, this edition of our power ranking. So he's fading a little bit, but on the other end, it was guy, the guy that we thought is being the B player, right? Logan Chamberlain. He goes and wins an open event in singles, has one of his best performances. So now what we know about this team, Burton Jr. and Chamberlain, is kind of rearranging itself in real time. What are we going to get out of this team? Because I'll tell you what, Anthony, if we see a, a, a performance out of Logan Chamberlain like, like that open, and we see Justin Burton Jr. at his best, and they're playing doubles together, we're now talking about a team that at their best is just as good as Tony Smith and Mark Richards, just as good as any of these super teams that form and go toe-to-toe with them. So for me, I'm actually really excited to watch that team in particular because Burton Jr. and Chamberlain are certainly um, you know, going to be fun to watch. Uh, on the women's side also, you know, we're going to get to see Bella Soprenant and we're going to get to see Sam Finley and a number of other top women, Elizabeth Tennyson, who I've been talking about. One reason I'm super excited about this particular event is because there's going to be a period for the next two months or so where Cheyenne Bubenheim is, I think, going to be taking you know a break from playing. She's very close to her due date. She's going to be having the baby to get ready for that pro season. So she'll be ready to go by then. But in this meantime, this is going to be an opportunity for a, a top female to build a lot of momentum. So whether it is a Sam Finley that continues her run or we identify Bella as someone that could easily be a dominant female uh, player this season, does she jump back in and is she able to do that? So um, in the end, there's a lot of great names out there. The only other thing I'd like to highlight is I think that the West Coast talent on the, um, the West Coast talent as far as the amateur players go is going to be pretty good. We're talking Spencer Fabianar, Tony Forbes, um, Hayden Gonzalez, Candler Bag. These are a lot of West Coast players at the amateur level, uh, even Gavin uh, Gavin Hammond and Jackson Remick are making the trip here. So that's six players that you would argue have the ability to win at this top level and all of them that we're going to be able to see this weekend. So you might have some amateur slash elite players really making a run in San Diego. Absolutely. Anthony, what are your thoughts on the San Diego Open? Yeah, that, that talk of the West is actually a good feed into mine. I'll start with the West. I'll try not to repeat too much of, of some of the teams that Trey highlighted. But from the West, you mentioned uh, Remick and Hammond. Remember, if we go back a couple weeks ago, they visited the HQ to talk about, um, you know, the college thing and what's blowing up with the college and, and possibly uh, getting some scholarship opportunities in there. While they were there, they go out and take down doubles, um, you know, going through some big teams uh, specifically Modlin and Graham taking that one down. So that was a big run for them now showing up uh, in this uh, in this open. So coming in with some confidence, knowing as a doubles team they can beat the best. And you talked about that, Mish, from a mindset standpoint, how that kind of opens up the floodgates for some, some, some teams. Um, Ty Lopez and Doug Zaft. We're talking about two guys that we don't get to see a lot. They're not going to show up to a bunch of opens. But I think really leveling up together this year as a new partnership coming off of their partners from last season, I think together can be really, really good. Ty Lopez, I think, is 
a very, very underrated player. Um, I got to throw with him quite a bit um, out at Worlds, and I was really impressed at what I was seeing. You know, we don't talk about Ty Lopez having the five or six shots in the game, but this guy can then shoot all the shots. Um, he doesn't he doesn't highlight the roll bag specifically, but he has it if he wants it. And I think together, those guys, you know, they're leader-type players. Um, I think that together as a partnership, they'll have really, really good chemistry. Uh, you know, not a couple teams that not necessarily are these going to be a top 20 team or even 50 team, but, you know, we've got the Twins, the Selmeyers, Mike making his uh, his way, Melk, Mike Selmeyer making his way uh, to the pro division uh, where Brandon was previously a, a pro. We remember that shot, if anybody remembers that uh, team's shot, you know, with Stacey Moore and Misha, I think that was one of your favorite lines ever, right? Like, who who hates teams now? That was Brandon Selmeyer that hit that amazing shot. His brother now coming into the league. So what do we get from those two guys as the doubles team? Um, as a historian, like you were talking about, uh, Trey, Andrew Clark making his way back to the to the pro division. So we're going to get a peek at him. Uh, one of my one of my fave personalities back when I was a pro as well. So I'm excited to see what he can do coming into the league this year. This one's kind of fun. Uh, you know, we're going to have a little West Coast uh, with a non-West Coast, but I think it's just bag sponsorships driving a team we talk about jeremiah ellis who's at the top of the game and we're hearing a lot of murmur about this rookie uh chris roybel so they're going to be teaming up certainly an ultra uh you know team thing kind of pulling them together in a partnership would be my guess but here's a chance for chris to come out who in his region in his conference is getting a lot of praise uh looks like you want to say something trey let it rip man <laughs> I was just thinking, as soon as you said that name popped in my head, could you pair two people with two on the opposite end throwing styles on the background? Chris Royables, what did we time, time it? It was like it was like seven seconds. And I think I think Jeremiah Ellis is 0.7 seconds that he takes yeah. to throw the <laughs> It's gone. Whereas Royables, this seven motions. There's a lot of things. It's a snake. Yeah. Yeah. There's a great opportunity. I just had to throw that in there. I loved it. I saw your face. I was like, he's got something. Um, but Hey, you know, we're talking about all these rookies. Chris is not one of them, but in his region, a lot of people talking about this kid. So here's a chance to come out and doubles and make some noise. How about the Sasweta brothers? Again, another team. We don't get to see a bunch, uh, going into the pro season, these guys are still at the top in their region. I see them winning big tournaments still. So certainly when you talk about hot takes or maybe some sleepers, some teams not on the top 10 that could come out and maybe win a Cali Open, those guys come to the top. Similar category, you know, guys that were at the top of the game one time. And I think it was, I think it was an open towards the end of the season. Maybe it was a shootout that they came out and won in Cali. Uh, Valdivia and Parent. Was that a shootout or an open that they won towards the end of the season? Uh, shootout. Shootout. So what do we get from those guys? You know, again, if we go back to 2019, 2020, we were talking about Parent. We were talking about Valdivia, even in top 15 discussions. Now, since then, they've fallen out. The talent's getting tougher. They don't seem as committed to the game nationally. Obviously, they're not showing up in all the national tournaments. So we're going to see if that grind is happening locally, quietly. Can they come out and surprise us all? Because we just haven't seen them as a doubles team. Do they make some moves? Uh, and then uh, how about some of your favorites? Uh, Fabian R, Frisch, Mish. You probably have a few things to say about them. Certainly, uh, you know, Fabian R, a player that's making moves, making his way to the top. He's winning big matches. He's beating the best and teaming up with Frisch, who was doing this last year. So Fabian are kind of following in his footsteps, 
now these young players coming together here in this Cali Open could certainly come out another you know, dark horse, if you want to call them, because we're going to go to these other players that are on our top tens, you know, as who could win this thing. But these guys could come out and win it. And then Hunter Thorne, uh, cross bag sponsorships. Hunter Thorne, obviously, we could argue the best player out of Cali. Now you've got all these young guys coming in who are making a lot of noise and, and maybe, you know, have that similar talent. Teaming up with Trey Birchfield, the Brat Pack getting together here at, at open number nine. So that one's going to be fun. So those are some of the Cali ones I'm looking at. But just to name a few of the other ones really quick, we're going to have Duncan Clemmer and Ethan Walker coming out and teaming up. That's a fun one. Duncan Clemmer, we saw, <laughs> yes, Roll City. Uh, actually, Clemmer, I got to sit behind the boards at the Nationals at Worlds when he made that run. Trey, you were on the call when he hit that big, that big airmail. It was one of the best moments. I sat and I looked, I turned to Uncle Bob at the time and I'm like, I have never seen someone showcase the roll bag at this level, uh, obviously at a world's event, this consistently. Um, if Clemmer can bring that level of consistent roll, he's right back into the mix. And then we know Ethan Walker is already demonstrating uh, that right now. Trzinski Shear. We talk about Trzinski as a top 10 player. Uh, we think he's right out, but he's one big win, I think, from entering the top 10 discussion, teaming up with Colby Shear, who could be a rookie coming out this year. That blows us all away. They're going to be tough as well. Um, Harbaugh Landis. I'm excited about this one, too. I think Gage Landis playing his best cornhole right now, now coming in with Devin Harbaugh. Uh, another sleeper, if you will, just because most people wouldn't pick Gage Landis to win a bracket. But watch out for that guy. He's going to be tough. What are your thoughts, Mish? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a bummer because we haven't really gotten to see Frisch play at many events. And so maybe some people kind of forgot about him. But um, I, he just came out the regional and swept that here uh, locally. So he's definitely still playing at a high level. Um, so definitely look out for Frisch and his little brother were there any other, and his dad. Were there, yeah, were there any other pros in that same regional? Yeah, so you have Nate Voyer, Corey Gilbert, um, Desiree. Um, and then Spencer Fabian R was there and okay. Adrian. Yeah. So it was pretty it good was regional good. to win. I got a little excited for a sec. I got to say, when I looked at the list the first time I saw Tony Smith and the one, the only cat Halbert on the list. So I hit her up. I'm like, cat, what the heck is going on here? Cause I saw, uh, I saw Tanner in the roster. So I'm like, maybe, maybe she's coming out. Um, not going to happen. That would be really, really fun. But Tony Smith's going to team up with Bella. Another brat pack team up, so that could be. That could oh, that's be. gonna be good. Okay, that's a good. That's a good addition. Yeah. I uh yeah. So I am in the room with the dogs with the windows where everything that happens they're gonna bark at. So this is an unfortunate <laughs> position to be in. So I'm like constantly trying to mute here. All right. Uh, news around the league. We had the Midwest Conference event. Uh, singles. Ryan Trader. Uh, uh, took the win there and doubles Jalen Jones and Ryan Wiedenfeld. And for the South Carolina State Championship, uh, Tommy Slyker took singles and then Jordan Power and Matt Wilson doubles. Still weird to see Jordan Power in that region for me. Like it hasn't like clicked. That's yeah. where he's at. But um, good job for him to take that win there. Uh, Trey, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I've mentioned a couple times this, this Matt Wilson guy, um, they call him the janitor. Uh, and I'm not sure where it came from, but they call him the janitor. He's, he's an elite player playing in this conference. Like he's, he led the entire tournament in PPR again. So he threw like a nine, nine, six across that state turn uh, across the entire, uh, double state championship. So led, led there. 
So, you know, someone to keep an eye on. And then I get to see Tommy Slyker a good bit too here, being from the Carolinas. And Slyker is going to be one of those high PPR guys. He's, he's going to be one of those guys, Anthony, that he's not going to win it across, you know, every single event. But he's going to have that one tournament where he throws a 10-2 across the entire thing. And that's why he's in the final eight or the final 12 or whatever it may be. He's going to make a couple deep runs just because he's such a high PPR guy, has a really, really good airmail. And maybe one thing that's a little bit different, he, he finesses really well around bags. It cuts, you know, just sneak arounds, that kind of thing. I mean, nothing um, – I wouldn't say he's got a – it's not like a roll bag or a, a defensive player style guy, but someone that's going to do a lot of damage, being creative with shots and being very methodical. So, um but yeah, uh, Slyker and Wilson, fun, fun to watch. I bet. Anthony, thoughts on the uh, news around the league? Yeah, we, we've got to talk about Landon Crabtree just for a second. Um, I think we first saw him. Was it the college that we first saw him kind of make a move? Yeah. So just real quick, if you don't recognize the name, you might rec recognize the story, you know, where there's only two people in this game at a high level that actually throw the bag in the opposite rotation. The reverse Mamba, whoever named it that. Uh, basically a righty throwing a counterclockwise bag. So this is Landon Crabtree, another rookie coming in. And, you know, we talk about rookie class and it's like, oh, we talk about these five and it's like, oh, what about, what about Verona? What about Crabtree? What about Shearer? You know, so it's like this, this rookie list just keeps growing. I think this rookie class is really, really tough. Well, let's take a second to talk about Landon Crabtree. Now, from a technique perspective, the timing of throwing bags because he's really slow. He's real methodical. It's it's not awesome to watch, you know, just from if you're like a, a cornhole geek like me, but he gets it done somehow. I mean, he's able to roll. The only guy who can roll a bag that I know of in the reverse rotation, um, he's a high PPR guy. He has all of the shots. Yeah, that got me too, Trey. I sat there. I was going back and forth with Ethan Walker during the tournament. So I was watching these matches and Ethan hits me. He's like, dude, you got to watch out for Crabtree. And I'm like, I've been watching out for Crabtree and I'm waiting for him to make one big move because I'd love to highlight him. Well, here it is. So just kind of looking at the bracket real quick. He warms up going through X-Pro. Johnny Cox wins that one 21-4. He beats open singles champ Carson Getty. Single, you know, pretty substantially 21-9. to um, He takes a loss from the king seat. Ryan Trader, obviously coming out of there, who's, uh, you know, on our top 10 list, many of our top 10 lists. Drops down, he beats Ryan Wiedenfield. He gets Ryan Trader in the first scoop to try and double dip and then loses second one. It was close. 21-18, maybe 21-16, something like that. So, um, you know, there's Crabtree almost taking down a really tough regional, a tough tournament to put himself on radar. But, uh, you know, looking at the stats, this guy led the bracket with a 10-19 over 162 rounds. I have never seen a tournament at 162 rounds. That's a lot of rounds and let it through a 10 19 over that many rounds. So he definitely has what it takes to be one of the top players and possibly a top rookie in the league. Good job. Landon Crabtree. Crazy. Moving on to buy or sell. So first one, someone from the West coast wins singles or doubles this weekend. Trey. Yeah, I'm going to sell on this, but my hot take is going to bring them really close. So I'm not going to spoil it, but um, I just look at the list of who's going to be there, and I'm just not quite sold on of that the, that group that's going to be there versus those that are traveling across the country going to be there. I mean, like, 
I gotta, I gotta compare them. Are you gonna beat the four Ryans? Or any of those people gonna beat the four Ryans? Right? Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't think so right now. Ryan Trader, Ryan Windsor, Ryan Smith, Ryan Wheatfield. Plus, you throw in a Chamberlain and a Burton Jr. and a, a, a slew of others. Tony Smith. I just think it's too much to to overcome. I'm gonna sell. I will say though that traveling east to west time zone, like it's tough. The only time I experience this is when I go to Hawaii and I cannot adjust. <laughs> I can adjust going east, but I cannot adjust going west. So I will say that is one variable. Anthony, buy or sell? Yeah, I mean, if there was one to win, that would kind of be an underdog story that this could be it. I mean, it's not super, super tough doubles-wise. Trey mentioned probably the three teams I would be concerned with the most. And then you go and say, well, who who could win it? Um, you know, just from feeding off of what I said earlier, you know, those teams I listed, maybe, maybe the young kids, you know, Fabian R. Frisch surprise us a little bit. I don't see Valdavia parent doing it. Sasqueta brothers could come in and surprise us. Uh, I would love to see a Cali team, a Lopez Zaft, a Valdivia parent, um, you know, maybe a Fabian R. Frisch come out and win this thing. It would be a hot take. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. I'm going to say it's going to happen. I'm going to say it's going to wow, happen. Wow. That yeah. is bold. Like, I think we okay. get two brackets. I think we get two brackets. You know, maybe maybe the brackets work out a little bit. They win the bracket. Let's go for it, Mish. Come on. Hey, it's going to align with my hot take, so I'm here for it. If Jeremiah Ellis finishes ahead of Ryan Schrader this weekend, he's the new number one on the Rookie of the Year ballot. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to sell this one as well because – I, you know, I think just finishing better, there's something to be said about winning the whole thing. If I'll tell you this much, if Jeremiah Ellis wins, ooh, I almost got really, Stop I it. don't know. I don't know. I think if he does win this weekend, he can, he can, he can jump that a little bit. I, I do. I do think that that's what it's going to take, but I don't think just finishing ahead of trader is enough to, to be able to do that. So Anthony. I'm actually surprised that Trey's selling. I feel like he was on he was on the Ellis train for a yeah. minute. Uh, it's kind of you know, trader success just can't be denied. I think um, I'm also going to sell as well. But gosh, these guys are these guys are one two. Let's do it this way, Mish. I'm going to sell unless we get an Ellis Trader final and Ellis wins it. If he wins it versus Trader in the final, he's now on the rookie of the year ballot. All right. Wow. I like that very specific clarification. Now it's going to happen. You know that, right? Come on. That yeah, would be amazing. That would called be amazing. it out. <laughs> the best player west of Texas is not a pro. Ooh. So, again, I kind of went through these in, in, in the open. You have, if you think about it, you have Aiden Gonzalez, Candler Bag, Tony Forbes, Adrian Brunson, even. Um, Spencer, Gavin Hammond, Jackson Remick, Spencer Fabianar. That's a really strong list of players that have that potential to be right at the top of that list. We named all the ones that Anthony just went through. I'm going to sell and say we're close, but not yet for one of those being the best. If you're going to be the best, you have to tell me why you are far and away better than everybody else on that list that I just said. And to me right now, that's a really solid list of players, but nobody on there far and away tells me that they should be, they should deserve to be number one ahead of everybody. Um, right now you can point to people like Doug Zaft, even Moses Asueta, like a number and say they have done things to put themselves as number one on that list in their previous 
you know, previous years, but nobody's really jumped out on the West Coast just yet. So I'm going to sell and say, I don't know if there's a signature best player on the West Coast right now. We just got to wait and see. Anthony? I'm going to sell as well. All those reasons, exactly. Uh, it's just demonstrating over time. And the biggest thing for me is holding it down for the pros in this one is going to be Hunter Thorne. He's going to be the one holding this down for me, just what he's been able to do the last couple of years. Logan Chamberlain follows up with another top four finish this weekend. This is really Buy hard. Um, wow. I'm going to sell it. it. I'm going to wow. sell it. Let's go. Because, Let's go, um, Logan. Come on. Yeah, and, and and simply from a numbers game. If I tell you Logan Chamberlain is a top 10 player, right, finishing top four does not necessarily – I mean, he doesn't have to finish top four in order to do that. I think he will continue this momentum. Um, but – He's already proven that he can do it on the single side. He doesn't necessarily need to do it again. Big props to Logan. I just think he ends up somewhere in a third in the bracket type of range. Second in the bracket comes up, you know, right on the fringe there of, of being there at the end. And Anthony, you're buying? Yes, buying. Let's go. <laughs> okay. All right. The Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Oof. Um, yeah, I, I don't like it, but I'm going to buy it. Um, unfortunately, the Chiefs are starting to look like my beloved Patriots 10 years ago, and it's just like you just don't bet against them. You just – you're just – I mean, look at what happened the past three games. Like everybody said, you just it just can't happen. It, they, they're not good enough. They blah, blah, blah. But Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, as much as it pains me to say it, they they look like Brady and Belichick. And you just don't bet against those painful. guys. I'm gonna, I'm gonna it's buy painful. it. It's a, it's a lose lose. Like, because we're not Niner fans here, um, so we don't want them to win. And then we're <laughs> we're Raiders and Chargers fans, so we don't want oh, Kansas no. City to win. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a lose lose situation. Anthony, what do you think? Yeah, I'm here in Denver, Colorado. Honestly, I'm going to be paying more attention to how hard I'm hitting my cooler. Uh, me. <laughs> We've talked about this before. Like I, I don't get to, you know, hit it really hard often, but when it's go time, it's go time. So yeah. with this one, I'm just going to be paying attention to hitting my cooler pretty hard. Oh, is there a Super Bowl party? Is it go time? Uh, it's go time. It's go time. Love it. It's go time. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I don't know if I'll be still calling matches at that point. Like I'm not sure how the timing's going to work out with the Super Bowl. So we're figuring that oh, out. Oh, you're going to. Oh, have... you are calling some matches. Yeah, it'll be me yeah, and Corey oh, running the court. Um, oh, nice. And then we have family in san diego so we're trying to make it to their house eventually but not sure what time it's all gonna play out let's talk about our pro teams that are gonna be playing this weekend we're gonna have the high rollers versus the burn and the timbers versus the slingers trey what can you tell us yeah all right so high rollers versus burn okay we're starting to get you know back in we had a couple opens in which we didn't have any place and now we're kind of getting back into things here so if we look at kind of the matchups here i thought it would be Interesting to kind of look at each one of these teams. So if we talk about the high rollers versus the burn, obviously we're talking about a burn team that's coming off of uh, a finals appearance at the world championships last year, a really cohesive team, one that has, it's a really strong cohesive unit. So um, some interesting highlights from the burn. If I go through kind of the top of their team, you have Ty Lopez, Doug Zaft, Derek Holland, all three of which I knew are going to be at the event this weekend. You also have Jeff Reynolds, Moses Sesueta, Corey Morrison, Colby Shearer, Chris Roybal, Landon Crabtree, uh, Tyler Parent, 
um, and a few others. So I really like, you know, the, the burn at least and how they're playing recently. I think, especially we just talked about how, um, you know, Anthony was talking about Landon Crabtree, although I don't think he's going to be here this weekend. I think they're poised for a really good run. If they're, if they're middle tier players, uh, like they're essentially where you would put Landon Crabtree in the mix of right now, are going to perform at a high level. Just to look at where things people were drafted, Landon Crabtree was a third round pick. If we're talking about him finishing ahead of Colby Shearer, who was their first round pick, that could end up being a really, really strong draft, at least in the opening couple rounds there by the Arizona Burns. So I look for them to have some success. They're going up against the the high rollers, and the high rollers have some you know some talent that they're bringing back: Halbert, Thorne. Henderson and Zockline. Then they go and get Jack Gore, which I, you guys have heard me. I think Jack Gore's the better Gore this year. Um, and then in addition to that, they're able to get Kobe Costanza, Jordan Camba, Steve Schrader, Jay Dotson, Hunter Klassen, all the way through there. Two additions that I really like that they picked up from the elite players. They have recently picked up Candler Bag and Hayden Gonzalez. So when we were just talking about those top amateur players, from the West Coast that were playing at a really high level. Bag and Gonzalez are two players that have consistently shown they're going to be there towards the end of some of these open brackets. So especially when we talk about this open and, and being able to field a team on that West Coast, to me, it wouldn't be surprised if you see Bag and Gonzalez in that lineup and being able to compete at a high level and get some wins and experience, kind of like what Landon Bass did for the Virginia Cutters to start this year. So um Head-to-head matchup-wise, I definitely like the burn favored here um, in this in this matchup just because I like the roster that they are traveling to the event. I think they have more consistently see at the top. When we get into the true pro season where the bulk of the games are going to be played, it's a little bit more of an even matchup between the high rollers and the burn. Um, and maybe I take the high rollers there, but at least now for the burn, uh, that's where I'm going with. I don't know if you what you think, Anthony. Yeah, did you say who picked up Bag and Gonzalez? The high rollers. The high rollers. Okay, yeah, they're going to need them. Uh, you know, I'm just looking at the fielded roster, and we got to talk. You know, we we talk about that a lot. Where, you know, who, what roster are they actually going to be able to field? And when we when we ranked these teams at the beginning of the season, I had them really close. I had the high rollers at a B and the burn at an A minus. So I mean, we're right there. But if you look at who's not making the roster on the burn side. You know, if you talk about a basketball starting five or a baseball starting nine, they have most of their lineup. I, I don't see Jeff Reynolds, but they're going to have Lopez, Zach. I saw Derek Holland coming all the way out on this one. Zasueta, uh, Mendoza. We've talked about Shearer, Chris Roybal. All these guys are going to be able to field that roster where if you look at the high rollers, they really only have their their first two or starting two and then not much after that. I don't see Cody Anderson Eric Zockline, Jackson Gore, Costanza, Camba. That's kind of their the the uh, from three down. So I think it's just going to come down to who they can field. I think I think Burn runs away with this one pretty clean. And just to confirm, Trey, is this is the first we're kicking off the West Division matches, right? Everybody's O and O. Right, right, okay. yeah, exactly. Because this open and the next open will be both the ones where the like the. The American South is done. They played both of their opens worth. The American Central is done. Um, sorry, the American North is done. So now we transition over into the National Conference. And so now we're going to see, um, yeah, we'll see the, the West back-to-back opens. Roger that. Awesome. Timber Slingers. 
Yeah, this one's interesting as well. One thing I find interesting is as of right now, there's no elite players on either roster. So they're sticking with their original lineup, not adding anybody for depth. I think that may change by the time we get to Friday. Uh, Wouldn't surprise me if Gavin Hammond and or Jackson Remick get picked up by the Colorado Timber to compete in this event, depending on who they can travel out there. But um, the Timber knocked it out, as we know, in their early draft. They were able to pick up Caden Allen and Ryan Trader. Okay, anytime you're able to do that, that's a home run as far as production goes. Now, in order to do that, they had to give up, you know, Josh Holland in order to get there and remains to be seen of whether or not that's going to be productive. In the end, when we're talking about Caden Allen and or Ryan Trader to be able to trade that for Josh Holland, right now it's it looks positive, but we know Josh Holland at any point could could jump back and be really, really productive. So uh, the Timber also have Yeti Irwan, Derek King, Adam Hister, Justin Doss, Eric Anderson, Ian Cripps, and a number of others. Um, roster's okay. Uh, I love their rookies. Other than that, there, there are some holes in the roster, okay? When they go head-to-head against somebody, you're going to be interesting to fill. When you look at the Slingers, though, I really like the trades that they were able to, to pull in, the people they were able to acquire. So just like the Timber were able to get two really high-profile rookies, the Slingers were able to get two really good experienced players on really high value trades. They got Philip Lopez and they got Kyle Malone. They did have to give up Alec Ryan and Travis Perso to do it. The Alec Ryan one doesn't seem as fruitful as we originally thought, but at least for Travis Perso's sake, you're getting a really productive player in Philip Lopez. And anytime you can add Kyle Malone to your team, you're going to be impressive. This has a core California lineup. So they're going to come out swinging, trying to defend that home turf with Corey Gilbert, Nick Williams, and Peter Pesasueta. But you add on top of that, that Tony Smith is also going to be there this weekend. I really think that this, uh, this Slingers team is going to be really, really solid. But I also think they, they have a couple really, really good players in their conference. I think it would be a mistake for them not to go out and add a couple elite players add someone like a Spencer Fabianar or a Tony Forbes that can bring really solid depth to your team in a very immediate fashion. And if they do that, the Slingers could be someone that we're talking about being a very elite team and someone that people need to watch out for. Can you play on a minor league team and the pro team? Not in the same weekend. But you can't. Okay. Yeah, you can. yeah you're pulled up I from think... the roster. Okay, I think Spencer's on the minor team, but I wasn't sure how that played out. Anthony, any additional thoughts there? Yeah, just just a quick note that I had these guys ranked really similar to start the season. So 0-0, again, we're going to be able to kind of see how that plays out. I do like the bottom of the roster for the Timber. I think Trey Baker is going to be a really, really good player. He's really quiet as far as the rest of the national division knows. He's going to be tough. Medanka in the bottom half of, of Timber, I think, is going to show out this, this, uh, this season but really just coming down again to who's going to be able to make the trip. Uh, the Slingers really are able to fulfill more of a, a roster. They're going to have their top four guys. If I look at the Timber, they're only going to have one of their top four. No King, no Hisner, no Doss, no Anderson, no Crips. So I think it's going to come down to the Slingers just having uh, more strength going into this one, going to take it down. Well, you can catch all that Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern on ACL Cornhole TV. So tune into that with Corey and I. All right, time for your pro singles power rankings. Trey, we'll start with you. Yeah, so um, I, I think I'm kind of unlike Anthony in this regard. And I don't know, Anthony, you can you can speak to this, but I redo my power rankings from scratch every time. I do not look at what I did last time. I have no idea what I did last time. Okay. So for me, 
I just kind of like to stay in the moment of who's doing really well. And I try to abide by some rules um, and, 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 you know, rules of thumb, um, things of that nature. So, all right, my first two, um, it's been enough time since the end of last year. So I'm starting to somewhat forget about last season, but two people that deserve to maintain at that, those top two spots, at least until the pro season starts, I have Mark Richards and Tony Smith. So I have them one and two. I'm probably going to keep them there for the foreseeable future, unless we see a significant drop off in play. We're talking someone starting to finish 17th instead of tied for second in their bracket or win a bracket, lose or whatever. Um, so they deserve to be there. And, and I got them one and two. Here's kind of where the shock begins. You know, I, I went through a bunch of finishes. I tried to look at numbers and recent everything. And I have Ryan Trader at number three. And I know that's it's it's Ooh. it's it's hot. But you know, when I look at the finishes, crazy. yeah. He's got two open wins. When he's not winning, he's at the bracket final. He's winning conferences. He's winning regionals. The, the kid just isn't losing right now. And if I'm thinking about a power ranking being a representation of here and now, this is the best representation that I can that I can give of it. So he goes to number three. On to number four. This spot, okay, is going to someone that I doubted for a long time because of an injury, and then they bounce back, and now they're just winning again. And that's Alex Rawls. He deserves to be a top five player. No, he hasn't won an open event, but he's finished in the top three the past two seasons. And the only reason I kicked him out was because he had the foot injury. He then follows that up by winning a conference and sweeping it in singles and in doubles in a very difficult conference. We're going to get to see him this weekend. So hopefully my position gets validated. But I really think Alex Rawls is one of those best players. He's at four. Number five, I have Caleb Batson. He followed it up with a really strong t finish in Bryan, Texas. I think he is a, easily a top 10 player. He should be a top five player. Sammy Soto got the best of him. However, I need to see consistency from Sammy before I put Sammy in my top 10, but he's right on the fringe. Number six is Jeremiah Ellis. No surprise there. He's consistently finishing near the top. I don't think I need to elaborate much on there that I think he's a rookie of the year candidate. Number seven, I'm keeping Gavin Cano in my top 10. He's one of those guys that know he hasn't won it yet, but he's been right there almost every single time. He's consistently finishing first, second, or third in his bracket. And so because of that, he gets to keep, uh, keep it there. Here's where some mix-up comes. Number eight, I'm bringing, and, and, and I can't really explain it, but I'm bringing Jamie Graham back into my top 10. He hasn't done anything at the open level. He hasn't done anything to justify that. But when I look at the numbers at, at certain regionals and certain events and the state championship and everything like that, if I get that level of Jamie Graham and he can do that on any given day, then he deserves to be considered a top 10 player because at any given event, he can just show up and win it. So if he's still doing that, even though he's not consistent in any way, shape or form, I still got to keep, I got to get him back in the top 10. Number nine, I have the better Gore brother right now, Jack Gore Ooh. at number nine. So I'm bringing him into the top 10 for the first time. Um, he's showing consistency at every every different level. He's putting a lot of bags in the hole. He's winning tournaments. He's, I mean, the, the kid is throwing really, really good. So I'm throwing him in there Love at number it. nine. And I am breaking my number one rule. I am moving Alan Rawls from 10 to 11. What? Because you said you would I do that, to, Trey. I said I wouldn't do it um, <laughs> because Ryan Windsor deserves to stay in the top 10 with his consistent finishes. I don't have Devin Harbaugh. I don't have Fisher Hamilton. I don't have Joe Neistat. I don't have Sammy Soto. And I don't have Alan Rawls. 
that would round out my top 15 with the consistent level of play those guys have had, but they just haven't been as consistent in open events in order to justify that. Joe Neistat is probably the biggest argument there um, because he has been pretty consistent. I just couldn't find room for him. Okay, I appreciate that you kept it to 10, unlike some other people on another show. They're like, top 10, <laughs> and then they're going to like 16. I'm like, okay, so we're missing the point of the exercise. Anthony, let's hear yours. And you don't have JBJ. Let me just round that one out. That was yeah. the last one. So I don't, we share all the same don'ts. We only have one difference, Trey. So uh, since you opened up with how you do it, the way I look at it is if I were to drop everybody into a, a 10-person bracket right now, this is how I think that they would lay out. So obviously, recency, how they've been performing recency is important. But also, I think guys like Alex Rawls, boot or not, you throw him in a tournament right now, I think that he could still perform at a top level. So that's why I've been hanging on to guys like that. Jamie Graham, who's really inconsistent. You put him in a, a big top 10 tournament, I think he comes out and performs at a high level. So that's how I look at it. Caleb Batson, my number one. I'm going to stay with him. This is who I've been sticking with the whole season. I think you throw a top 10 tournament together right now. I, something just tells me Caleb Batson's going to come out on top. The guy's killing it statistically. Uh, he's not getting those first place finishes like everybody else is getting, but I think if you throw him in a, in a top 10 bracket, he's going to take it down. Um, Mark Richards, Tony Smith are my two, three. Um, Alex Rawls have always been my four throughout the entire season. He's now your four. Uh, so we share, um, you know, those top four, we all have those in our top four, Jamie Graham. I'm glad to see that you have him, uh, back into your top 10. I think he deserves that spot. I'm glad that he finally showed it. Um, you know, for me, it was like holding on because I believed in him, but having the results and what he did at that, uh, at the tournament a couple weeks ago showed everybody that he's still in the game. I have him at number five. And just to mention on Alex Rawls, I did want to point out, not only is he out of the boot, he's performing at a high level, just technique wise. I love that he has fixed his release. If you go to the season, we're talking about a guy that was top two back-to-back -back years. The one thing that bothered me is he finished palm down. He had this really weird, if you look at any any photos of him finishing, it was just different than all the other top tens. He's now really getting that clean palm up, flat palm. I really love that he's added that to his game. Maybe a top one guy now. If you go back-to-back -to -back top two and you fix your pitch, watch out for Alex Rawls. I said if Gavin Cano uh, had one more really good performance, he was in my top 10. Not only is he in my top 10, I pushed him all the way to six. You had him at seven, Trey. So Gavin Cano absolutely killing it right now. Deserves a top 10 and I think even deserves that top six. Ryan Trader was my seven. Interesting you put him at three. Love it. I mean, watching him this past weekend at the Midwest Regional, the kid is so good. I mean, it's... It, he could run bags at 11 rates if you need it. He could jump over piles. He's still got an airmail even though he's a roll guy. He's still got a push even though he's a roll guy. So I really can't find a deficiency in his game. And for such a young kid, he's got this mental part ball figured out. He'll give up a five, and he just gets – he's short memory. Gets right back into the next round, and he's going. I really love that about his game. I did not drop Alan Rawls, Trey. Um, he's going to be my number eight. <laughs> I can't do it. Mad respect for this guy. Uh, we underrated him last season. I won't do it again this season. I think if you throw a top ten, uh, um, you know, bracket together, he's gonna he's gonna make he probably get a first win. I don't know about the second win, but he's the top ten guy. I also kept Ryan Windsor in at number nine, and Jaden Ellis at number ten. You bumped him all the way to six. Uh, I love that one as well. I think he deserves that. My top ten, Mish. Awesome, Jeremiah Ellis. But yes, thank you. What I say, Jaden. Yep. 
<laughs> yeah, the other J, the other J Ellis. Oh, that's Jeremiah. so funny. I totally heard Jeremiah in my head. I guess I was. Oh, just did you hear it? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just making up stuff at this point. All right, hot takes, Trey. What do you got? All right, so I am going to try to instill some of that magic that we had from three years ago. And in addition to that, I want to see some West Coast love in here. I'm saying. Uh, Hunter Thorne and Trey Birchfield win their bracket here at the Open this weekend. Trey Birchfield has already had some momentum winning an Open earlier this year. He got some vibes from that building. Hunter Thorne, they're just going to put it all together, and they're going to win their bracket this weekend. Anthony. Man, I had so many hot takes I wanted to do. I loved like a, a Remick Hammond coming in and winning a bracket. <clears throat> I loved a, a Lopez Zaft winning the whole thing. Could have went a bunch of ways with this one. Uh, I'm going to go to kind of where we were at in the top 10, coming all the way from Florida to the East Coast. He's healthy. The boot's off. Alex Rawls wins singles. Wow. like that. I like it. All right. Mine is uh, Frisch. Frisch is going to take down singles or doubles. He could, So he could do it in doubles with Spencer, or you can do it in singles. I think he's playing great right now, coming off That's a hot, hot weekend. So uh, we That's haven't hot. seen a lot of him, but let's go Frisch. Um, Misha's taken your lukewarm insult personally the past few weeks. She is going, <laughs> boy, she, she is like, I don't care if it's wrong. Never it's again. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> got to keep it interesting. All right, guys, that's all we got time for. We made it with the hot spot. I'm grateful for that and uh, hope, hopefully have power again soon here. But uh, you guys have a great week. We'll see you in San Diego.